Hey, and welcome back to the Young Makers Podcast. I'm your host, Kenzie Aaron of Aaron Iron and Steel. Let's get right into it. This is the podcast by Young Makers, about Young Makers, and for everybody, because we were all Young Makers once. So let's get right into it. I'm all alone in the studio today, recording by myself. Um, I'm in talks with a lot of guests, trying to figure out mics and times that work for everybody. So look forward to some really awesome episodes coming up in the future. But for now, I have a I had a great idea recently. Well, I hope it's a great idea for a solo episode, listening to um, Simple Little Life podcast, which comes out on the same day as the Young Makers on the Makery Network. Um, it's also another Albertan, you know, same province as me in Canada here, so go check him out. But I was listening to him, and he does some really great uh, solo episodes, and he'll just pick a story to tell, and he'll tell that story, how long or short it is, and then end the episode without, you know, wasting everybody's time trying to squeak out a couple extra episodes or seconds or minutes of, you know, pointless content. So I figured that's what I'm going to, I'm going to try and emulate him in that aspect, and the story that I'm going to tell you guys today is the evolution of my shop, seeing as how I've I've just recently moved into a new, much better shop, and it's, it's a far cry from where I started. So before we get into that, I'd just like to run you guys through my week real quick. Um, I hope you guys have all found some opportunity right now. I know a lot of people around the world are in some type of quarantine or lockdown. I hope you have access to your shops. And I hope that you've been making some great things this week. I know I've been very busy. Um, I got a knife finished up, packaged up, and shipped out yesterday. Um, That one with I mentioned on the last episode with Make with Miles. Um, It's got like this uh, swirly plastic handle on it. I worked with G10 for the first time, so I remade the handle on there. And everything turned out really nice. The customer's super psyched about it. And so I was really excited to get that out to him. And then I've got another knife that just needs the handle shaped up, but it's all glued. I found a blade in my garage that I must have missed during the move and I've forgotten about. And it's actually this really awesome profile that I'm super excited to slap a handle on. So that's really fun. And I've been making a website. So Aaron Iron and Steel website will be up, I don't know, sometime in the next couple of weeks. Hopefully before the new year is my goal. Um, but that goal means nothing. We'll see We'll see where it is. But it's been exciting trying to get into some computer stuff. Um, I'm really terrible at computers, so I've been using Squarespace. And if I can say one thing about Squarespace, just because I know a lot of young makers right now, I got some questions about it on my Instagram. Um, it's something that, you know, people have to, you got to make a website once you start selling your work. Eventually you'll want one. And so the one thing I'd like to say about Squarespace is that it's really easy to use if you want to use the templates provided and just insert your text and your images and you can make a really beautiful website super easily. The issue I have with Squarespace is once you want to start making things a little more custom, you have to fight the system. Like I wanted to have a logo and the name of the site right at the top as a header and you can have to pick one or the other so I ended up having to import font and make a logo out of the title and then bring it all in as a a single logo and it was it was a big issue and you know but whatever I've got things looking how I want that how I want it so far but it was definitely a struggle anytime I try to go off of the beaten path you know but I'm enjoying it it's uh it's, it's fun 
I've photoshopped some knives, not like making them look better, but I just took my fingers out of a picture so it looks like the knife is like floating, it looks pretty cool. I spent like a day working on that. So yeah, I've just been keeping busy all week and working working a lot more than usual. I'm like a lot of people right now in online school, so I'm done, you know, by about one o'clock every day, so I have a lot more time to to get to work. So that's uh that's been a really great week. I've had a really great time. And so now I'm recording the podcast. Speaking of the podcast, let's get into our you know, the meat of our episode for today. Now, I started, well, it's a foggy definition of when I started blacksmithing. If you, I think about October 2017 is probably when I got my forge, or 16, who knows. But I tried to build a forge a couple times before that, and I was working with some copper and stuff, trying to get as close as I could to forging before that. So sometime within the last three to four years, I sort of got into this stuff through Forged in Fire, and it was really difficult, because at the time, we lived in a townhouse in Calgary. And, you know, townhouses, they're all attached to each other. We had maybe like a 4x8, 4x6 section of gravel for a barbecue beside the deck. And, you know, it's a small space. The deck wasn't very big, our backyard... You're not allowed to have anything permanent. Our backyard was very small. It's not like I could build a lean-to or anything. We lived in the city with neighbors all around. It was it was really difficult, and it was iffy. Man, once you start running a propane forge in a residential space outside where everybody can see it, it's and you're hammering away at, you know, it's, it's iffy. It's iffy. Um... But that's how I started. So I was watching Forged in Fire, and it just really captured me. And so we went to Home Depot and bought a hammer and a tiny anvil, like a 12-pound uh, paperweight anvil, and uh, you know, some some really super basic tools, a torch and some copper tubing and a hacksaw and a, and a, little, a little vice that clamps onto a table. But we didn't have a table, so I clamped it onto a kitchen chair, you know, like a chair from the kitchen table. And yeah, I cut my pipe, which was tough, and then I would cut it open and flatten it out and hammer out a little bookmark and anneal the copper a couple times, and then I'd sand it, again, clamped down to, yeah, a kitchen chair. What's the right word for that? Kitchen chair sounds wrong. You guys all know what I'm talking about, though. That was my first workbench. And I would just sit on the steps in the backyard there and hammer away all day. And I loved it, but I was missing something. So eventually we weld, my dad brought home a big piece of plate, just, you know, quarter inch steel plate. And we welded that onto a couple of pipe stands. And then that was my first real workbench. And again, I would, you know, cut up copper pipe, cut out uh, things out of steel, I tried my first knife, I made like a filing jig, and filed bevels and cut out a piece of steel. Uh, that's actually the only plunge grinds I've ever done. So that's that's a pretty cool story, I guess. Um, and that was tough. That, that was a, <laughs> Those were tough times. I made a wooden knife, and I was just really trying to get my hands into it any way I can. And I'm glad that I did that. And I worked 
I worked and I proved to my parents that I was dedicated to it and genuinely interested. I did my research. I was obsessed with blacksmithing on YouTube. So eventually we tried to build a soup can forge. And there's actually images or there, there's a picture on my Instagram from three years ago. Well, it was from three years ago when I posted it of me in the kitchen in the in the kitchen in our house with a soup can forge on the oven and an anvil on the floor and I flattened out a little pipe nipple and that was super that was really great that was my first forging and I don't know I wanted to like put it on a chain and wear it or something but I know I lost it uh, which I was I've always been sad about but I still have the first copper bookmark I made all that time ago which is pretty you know that's a kind of a wild story it's it's a it's a cool item for me. So then we moved on to other forge attempts and finally bought one. And so at that point, I'm still working in the four by eight area with a forge and a tiny anvil, uh, which eventually moved up to a big chunk of steel, which was far superior. Um, don't worry about anvils, you know. Anvils get get yourself a chunk of steel. It's a lot more. Uh, workable until you can obviously afford a real anvil something good not cast unless it's cast steel but uh, that's besides the point um so then i was starting to get a couple of grinders i finally had my own angle grinder which was a like that was a big tool for me um a one by 30 belt sander and you know tools started to grow and so i had a couple power tools which i had to keep uh, in the basement or we got a chest that's used usually for like sports equipment to keep in the backyard but I kept all my tools in there and I had a table uh, that the forge sat on and I had to pack everything up every night and pull it out when I wanted to work I had very few very limited tools um, and yeah I was just going for it I had a little work table in the basement where I would do some work on if I had to and no, I just I just went for it for, you know, probably about a year and a half there. And during that time, I had a lot of ideas for shops. So I wanted to rent a garage, but that's pretty expensive. As a, you know, 13-year-old, it's hard to walk there. And people don't appreciate blacksmithing happening in their, in their garage. When you rent a garage, it's just to, like, park a car in there or something. So that never came to fruition. I considered setting up a full shop in the basement, which was obviously ludicrous looking back now, but it seemed like the best idea at the time. Um, even just just under the stairs, under the stairs to the basement, there's this nice little area, and I'm like, oh, I bet you I could set up a shop in there. Obviously, that <laughs> that never happened, which is probably good. You know, I had had some serious ideas, um, but. It ended up just being working at home. And so eventually we finally moved here, which is in a smaller city. We have a large backyard. We have a garage. And so my grandpa brought out, well, before he brought it out, actually, when we first moved here, I was just working at my grandparents um, just outside my grandpa's shop. And I did a little bit of forging in a coal forge just to keep me satisfied for a minute until he brought over his big fabrication tent, which is... I want to say 20 by 10 or something, 20 by 12 feet, which is a nice size. It was a great size for me at the time and obviously uninsulated. The wind has beat the heck out of it. It's not, we got to take that down real quick or else it's going to die, but it was super great. 
Um, I could forge in the rain. Uh, it was it was just such a big difference. Um, you know, the, we have in way here we were sort of able to use the coal forge. Uh, some of the neighbors didn't love it, but I used it quite a bit. And you know, I still couldn't have really serious power tools out there though, because it's obviously not watertight. Water blows in. Um, it's cold. It freezes. And so eventually, once I've wanted to get a 2x72, I set up a space in the garage. Now the garage was full of a lot of stuff from the last people, so we had to clear off a table. There was actually this really awesome table in there that I've been, I still use now. And I slowly took over about half the garage, the other half is still full of stuff. But I slowly took over about half the garage, plus the forging shop outside. And this again was another huge step up, having an indoor space where I could keep like a bandsaw and have actual toolboxes. I'm not so worried about getting robbed. Um, it was really, really another huge step up for me. And so I worked there until about two months ago when finally, oh, thank the heavens, my grandparents have this beautiful shop at their place. I appreciate it so much. They let me use it. And so I've recently moved in there. I've been settling in. I've Some knives are finally starting to come out of that shop. Um, there's a closet there right now that's full of some stuff that's going to get moved around. Well, I, it's used as a closet now, but it's the nice size for a grinding room. There's even a window in it and everything. Uh, so that's eventually going to be a grinding room. Uh, there's a wood-burning stove in there. It's insulated, so we will be able to put in a real heater. Well, not a real heater, but, you know, a uh, natural gas heater. It's plumbed for natural gas. It's It's got two big... Uh, they're, it's not a garage door, but it's about the size of a garage door, but it's actual doors that open out and uh, and a door, obviously, to walk in and out. There's a normal, you know, front door. It's just, it's just so great. It's fantastic. Um, the wood-burning stove isn't going to heat it up from minus 40, but, you know, you get a couple area heaters in there. You get the stove burning nicely with some coal in it. And it's just fantastic in there. It's such a big step up. Um, having all my tools in one place is part of the biggest thing, is that workflow aspect of it, where you're not running outside because you forgot your torch and then you finally get back inside to start grinding and realize, oh, my safety glasses are out there. It was That was my biggest issue, was trying to get a good workflow with a separate you know, my shop being disjointed. And so this area is going to be a lot better. It's going to allow me to get set up. Uh, it's, yeah, it's so much better. Uh, the the full forge really heats it up nicely. If I start the day with some forging and then I can work on grinding and stuff, it stays real warm in there all day. And that'll be my shop for the next two-ish years until I go to college. And then, you know, who knows what I'll be able to afford or what I'll be able to do. But for now, this is this is super great. So I've got a lot of plans. I'd like to talk about the future now. We've, we've spent this whole episode talking about the past and looking back. Uh, we're talking about now, oh, I finally have a real welder. It's It's got a 220 outlet, so I have a real, it's an old Lincoln buzz box. So having a real welder is another uh, really exciting thing for me to be able to finally make things for myself and weld handles onto Damascus and all that stuff I can finally do. I've got a new forge in there I just built. It'll actually forge weld in the propane. 
things are things are really turning up. I've got a little giant power hammer. That's something I could never have in the city. So yeah, this new shop is the next stage of Aaron Iron and Steel. And moving forward, I'm looking forward to uh, a natural gas heater. is going to be a nice one. And ventilation and dust collection and air purifiers and whatnot, you know. Uh, fil air filters and everything to get the shop get the shop real clean organization i want to hang my tools on the wall now that's going to be nice not having to go in and out of drawers and getting a real workflow these are these are sort of my future plans for this i want to set up some areas for other hobbies that i want to get into eventually i'll be able to have an even heat or a paragon kiln just lots of lots of bigger shop equipment I'm excited for. And shops are exciting. I've said excited and exciting and, you know, uh, a lot of these words like that a lot this episode. And that's because, you know, if you're not a maker, man, getting a new shop is, it's like getting a new house. It's just, it's really exciting. And it, you it opens up so many new possibilities and setting up a shop is a really great opportunity to do everything that you wish was in your old shop and so now that's what I'm trying to work on that's the goal here and yeah like I said dust collection and air is gonna be probably the biggest thing that I want to focus on in this shop so that's that's my shops that's the shops well, I mean, I've only actually had one shop, and it's the shop that I'm in now. But I hope that this story has sort of demonstrated to some of you guys out there who are envying other uh, shops that you're seeing or thinking that you can't do it because you don't have this shop space or, you know, you you don't want to work, you don't want to get into your shop because you feel like you're you're lacking something. I hope that this demonstrates to you that... If you just get in there and you just do it, even if you're in a townhouse with only a 4x6 area, you know, your neighbors maybe won't call the police on you. So just give it a shot. And woodworking and other things like that are a lot easier because you can do it in a basement. Um, who is it? Somebody somebody on the Make Everything shop. Or may, not Make Everything. The Handmade Podcast on the Makery has a shop in the basement. Uh, for making signs and woodworking and he's got some crazy like cnc tools and stuff in there i think aaron goh started in a in a basement so whatever space you have whatever room you can find or leather working is something you could do in your bedroom if you have a sturdy desk um if you're willing to you know potentially do some little damage to the desk if you're not careful but yeah there's a lot of crafts and trades and skills and arts that you can get into without a shop and honestly blacksmithing is one of them if you're dedicated and you're gonna work at it and if you're a kid if you're a wannabe young maker you just have to prove to your parents that you're dedicated to it so just work with what you've got and try and get as close as you can to what you want to do and eventually you'll be doing exactly what you want to do so on that note, I'd like to wish you guys all happy holidays and a good night. I know it was a short episode, but I've found that, yeah, solo episodes don't need to be too long. Don't drag it out like I'm doing now. 
All right, focus on ending the episode here. So thank you all for listening tonight or tonight, today, whenever. Uh, You can listen anytime this podcast comes out on the Makery Network and all major streaming services. Go give it a like, thumbs up, follow, review, whatever you listen on it. Give it some feedback. Give it some uh, some interaction. Shoot me a DM at Young Makers Podcast on Instagram with questions, comments, concerns. Say hi. You know, I'm I'm totally interested in interacting with people who listen to the show. Share the show with your friends uh, and listen to everything else on the Makery Network. This show is coming out every single day. Young Makers Podcast comes out on Tuesday. So don't miss it. And check out all the other episodes. And have a great day. So until next time, keep making, keep listening. Happy holidays.